I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> so he left the project, and one of the reasons why it's pretty much kind of confirmed that he was definitely involved at one point was there was later a re-release of Sonic 3 for the PC called the Sonic 3 Collection, which combined Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles mm -hmm. into one package. Yep. And there was a number of distinct tracks that had a Michael Jackson influence in them that were replaced with other music. And there's also the Sonic 3 ending theme. Mm -hmm. Not not Sonic 3 and Knuckles, just if you're playing Sonic 3 alone. Yep. The ending three the ending theme is literally Strangers in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's note for note, literally Strangers in Moscow. That's it's so hilarious. Funny. Uh, and Carnival Night is pretty much Michael Jackson's jam. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely like some connections there. also known as the Barbecue Games on Instagram. And I'm Alex, his sister, who brings only chaos. And together we are the Gaming and Collecting Podcast, a mostly video game-centered podcast. But half the time, we just talk about anime. <laughs> and that collecting thing, well, that's mostly just a implication at best. So come along and enjoy us on this adventure as we discuss the games that shaped us. So, how you been? I've been good. This week um, was pretty good. Um, it was so nice out today. It was like 40s. Yeah. I've been playing basketball the 40, at work. The 40s? It was like 70s. I mean 70s, yeah. 70s. <laughs> I was going to say 40s. That's not nice. I can't, I don't know. My brain is broken. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's going back to like the 50s tomorrow. It's gonna yeah, rain it's going to rain. Day, so. It's going to pour rain gonna be sucky yeah because new england weather makes no sense and it never will nope it, it never will but you were playing basketball you were saying yeah i've been playing basketball uh at my job like we play at lunchtime and i didn't realize how much running there was in basketball but i think it's because like whenever i played basketball like in high school and middle school i just didn't try <laughs> But now See, I'm actually trying. <laughs> See, I always knew there was a lot of running in basketball. I just no one would ever pass me the ball, so I would. I would always. It would basically just be me running back and forth the entire game. Yeah. See, like the the. Granted, um, I couldn't catch. I can't catch for shit. So the group of uh, people I play with, like they try, we try and make sure that like everyone gets the ball at some point. So, yeah. So it's good. It's fun. It's fun. But my legs are so sore that today I took a day off because I'm just in pain. Pain and misery. Pain and suffering. Um, yeah. <laughs> but how are you doing this week? Anything interesting happen or? No. no. I'm still getting by. I guess you could say. Mm. Well, just gotta keep on, keep it on. Yeah, we're getting close to the end, so. Have but yeah, other than watching... that, it's... Oh. Well, I haven't really been watching anything, because I've literally gotten home and fallen asleep or done other oh. things this week, because I'm just exhausted lately. Yeah. No. I... I've been watching a little bit of uh, 
One Piece a little bit. Um, when I, whenever I do like a workout at home, I've been watching the One Piece episodes, like from the Wano arc. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm and I'm like forcing myself not to continue watching it, so I can like space it out because I believe I only have 18 more episodes, and then I'm caught up, and I'm real sad about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just trying to get through all the. Uh... I'm actually working on a new set for blog photos for uh, my uh, the blog right now. Nice. That'd be neat. But other than that, I've been playing a lot of. Uh... I've been playing the Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga remake too. Mm-hmm. Just replaying it. Nice. Because it's a good game. And other than that, um, I do have a collecting update, I guess. Oh, nice. So I I went to, I got some stuff in the mail, and then I went to the wonderful wonderful world of GameStop, which is about seventy five percent a toy store now, and about twenty five percent game store. Sounds about right to me. But I did pick up. Um, so I finally got Elden Ring, because no oh. one will shut up about it. <laughs> I've seen so many like posts on like Twitter about that, and I'm just like, huh. Yeah, well, no one will shut up about it, and it looks interesting. So I gave so you, it. I grabbed it. So you came. Also, it's not. It's you a new came. PS5 game. I I tweeted about it. I basically was like, so can I join the cool kids club now? You already were um, in the cool kids club, Bill. And now, okay, and then uh, the other two games I got at GameStop were, I got Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, the complete collection. Nice. Because uh, it was on sale, and I am I like RPGs. Nice. And then I got Danganronpa uh, Decadence, which is a collection of all three uh, Danganronpa games, along with a uh, spin-off board game thing. Huh. On one convenient cartridge. No, that's nice. Convenient. So I... I now own, like, four versions of every Danganronpa now. Uh, and then for stuff I got in the mail, I got Jimmy Johnson's Anything with an Engine. Oh, nice. I didn't realize this game existed, but now I do. Well, now you know. It's you know. probably crap, but <laughs> I'll enjoy it anyways. Hey, you know, you don't know until you try. I got it just to fill out the NASCAR collection, and then <laughs> uh, the most interesting thing I got was I imported a copy of Metal Gear Solid uh, Integral, which was the up. It was similar to like Metal Gear Solid Two Substance and Metal Gear Solid Three Subsistence. <laughs> uh, it was essentially it was the um, the updated re-release of the original Metal Gear Solid, only. Oh. Um, what what makes this one interesting though is a lot of the additions they added to this uh, version of the game were actually things that they included for the U.S. release. So in reality, there was no real reason to uh, release this overseas. Hmm. But it also came with a bonus third disc of bonus VR missions, which later became its own standalone game overseas. Huh. That's funny. So, but I got the uh, Japanese copy over just to have. Yeah. But other than that, that's been my collecting updates. Um, are you drinking anything this fine podcast? I am. I'm drinking a Dell's Rhode Island hard tea. You like those? I do. I enjoy them. Just... So I'm drinking a Smirnoff Seltzer limited edition red, white, and berry. 
choice. Zero sugar. Uh, ninety calories. That's pretty much. <laughs> that's that's not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Below a hundred. That's really all that matters. Yep. It's... But yeah, other than that, that's pretty much all that's been going on. Yeah, it's kind of just been like. Well, I've been busy at work. Like work hasn't been bad or anything. It's just been like a. It's been a. I felt like this week went by very fast. Must have been nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. This week dragged. I basically got paid to fuck around on my phone all day for well, an entire week. I mean, you know, like at least like you're getting paid for it, you know. I know. It's just I'd rather be doing something. But yeah. No, I get that. Um, <laughs> I can only browse Instagram and Twitter for so long before I start losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, anyway. so we do have a we do have a topic for this episode. We do. Yeah, you know that we do. We don't we don't just bullshit the entire time. What? <laughs> but um so we've in the past we've done we've done an episode on music before in the past. Yep. We've also done concert memories. Well, yep, yep. We're kind of doing that again this time, only this time we're going to actually be keeping it within the video game world, and we're going to be talking about video game music. Woo! Now, video game music is one of those really interesting things, because it's like, there's a weird, like, bias against it where some people don't consider it actual, like, music or, like, a real art. Mm-hmm. Which is bullshit, because it clearly is. Yeah, like... Like... The amount of work that goes into composing an entire soundtrack. Like, oh, it's yeah. the same as, like, a movie soundtrack or, like, any sort of, like, musical endeavor. No, most definitely. And people have started to kind of come around to it, although you will still get the people who just claim, oh, it's mu video game music is just a bunch of bleeps and bloops and doesn't actually have any structure. Well, they're the people who don't actually play video games. <laughs> exactly, and they, they still think everything's an Atari. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind. It's kind of crazy to think about the amount of people who like think, who think that still that video games are just so basic, and it's like no, they're like very in depth now. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. like you are incorrect, sir. Yep, but people are finally starting to come around to the uh, to the reality of it. Mm. So, one of my favorite, besides video games, like one of my favorite like mediums of all time is music. Just because music is such a multifaceted, like, um, multi, it's like a multifaceted, just kind of like, uh, anyone element. can, yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like music, especially, is something that, like, everyone enjoys. Like, I don't really know anyone who doesn't enjoy music. Yeah. And if you don't, you're probably crazy. I feel like that should be, like, a psycho, t you know, people joke and they'd be like, like, a psycho test, like, um, like, people say, like, if you don't click your car key, lock your car, like, six times in a row, like, you're, like, not, you're, you're a psycho if you don't do that. It's like music. <laughs> if you don't listen to music, like, there's something weird about you, and I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even just, like, casually, like, you don't even have to be an obsessive, like, music fan like, uh, oh, yeah. myself. I mean, but, um... driving, couldn't drive without music or a podcast. Yeah. You just need something auditory to uh, stimulate the brain. Yeah. It helps 
me but, when I'm working. Like, it helps me oh, focus. Yeah. I'm so much more productive when I'm listening to music. And especially, like, mm. I was, um, I was listening to music as I was, like, I was meal prepping for this week. Um, I was listening to music the whole time, and it went by so fast. It was great. It does. Well, when your brain's distracted, you're able to do a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. But, um, so anyways, getting back to tie into gaming now. Yeah. So in the early days when games really didn't have any music, it did change things up a lot. Because obviously, the earliest days you had Pong and... Pong. There was, all you had was, uh... Beeps, beeps and boops. Not beep. even boops, more just beep. 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 Like a heartbeat monitor. Beep. Yeah. And... Well, that's kind of exact, morbid thinking about it now. <laughs> I don't know the exact origin of when, like, what was, like, the first real console to have music. Because I, I know the arcades did, like, very rudimentary at the time. Like, Pac-Man had its very generic kind of jingles in between mm -hmm. uh, levels. Like, Donkey Kong had basic music. Uh, but for consoles, I guess the 2600, going back, did have a degree of music. Mm-hmm. But it was very basic. And yeah. it generally did not play during gameplay. It usually was sort of a an interlude or a, like, before the game. Because it took up too much memory at the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny to think about now. That, like, there were times where they had to worry about... They had to choose between music or... <laughs> or yeah. gameplay. Like, because of memory. It's just interesting to think about. Yeah. And the first real console, like, I think when people really think, like, music, was probably the NES. Mm -hmm. uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System and, like, Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Because it was by that point where we could at least have, like, multi-channel sound going on during gameplay. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure everybody on the planet knows, like, the, um, the Super Mario Brothers theme. Oh, yeah. Have you like ever the, seen that? Oh, sorry. Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, have you ever seen that video? It's like these two guys playing ping pong. And uh, the ball makes like the Mario theme. Like the, <laughs> It makes like the da 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 da. Like it bonks in that. You should look it up. It's pretty great. Uh, there's a lot of like, because the, the Mario Brothers. So the, the Mario Brothers theme was composed by Koji Kondo. Mm -hmm. Who was probably one of the earliest real iconic like composers of like um, video games. Yep. And, like, the Super Mario Brothers theme in general is, like, iconic. Like, everybody knows, like, the World 1-1 theme. Everybody knows um, the Underground theme. Like, the da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and it's... Uh, they know the uh, the water theme, just because it's <laughs> the water levels. Yep. Um, and, I mean, they know it's all iconic, like, sounds. Yeah. Like, to the point where they still get used, like, as, like, video game music in general. Yeah. Or just people use them, like, for background sounds and, like, oh, yeah. videos all the time. Like, they're just so there's, iconic that people go for them immediately. There's a reason why the Mario theme has appeared in pretty much every Mario game there is. Yeah. And co that, this was back to when ga most games only had one composer that do the entire soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So Koji Kondo did all of the Mar did all of Mario. Yep. Uh, he also was famous for he did Zelda. Huh. So the Zelda theme was a Koji Kondo piece. Yep. And what was interesting about video game music back in the day was 
it was very limited due to the hardware, because everything back then was just programmed off of a sound card mm -hmm. built into the console, which essentially it was programs in the cartridge would send to the system's sound hardware and tell it basically what sounds to output. Yep. And music back then was basically, it was kind of like it would, the programming would like manipulate sounds to create different sounds, and it was, it had multi, a couple channels, like they had percussion, bass, and like standard, like everything else kind of channels. Yep. So you had to kind of make do with like what there was back in the time, and like, that's why like 8-bit music is so iconic, mm. I guess you could say. No, Because like, there's, there's a reason why like chiptune is a thing now. Yeah, it's just, like, it's where, a like, sound that's, like, very, you know, pleasing. But where like, there's, like, full-on bands that you can find on, like, Spotify and stuff that just do chiptune music using, like, modified uh, video game hardware. <laughs> that's so cool. It is, and, like, obviously, like, the Mar... So, we're not gonna go by, like, obviously console generations. I think we're just gonna start mm -hmm. going by specific franchises and co composers from here on out. Yep. So I guess we should start with Mario, because Mario is one of probably the most iconic of all time. Oh, yeah. And, like, Mario 1, even though the, in reality the soundtrack's only, like, six songs, I think, mm -hmm. everybody, everyone remembers every song, like, in that game. Even, like, the one-up, like, victory, like, the, the invincibility sound effects. Oh, yeah. And he would go on to compose, Tochi Kondo would go on to compose all the NES Mario games. Mm-hmm. Uh plus Zelda, plus um, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 on the NES, like which was like his magnum opus, I guess, on the system at the time. Yep. And he like had all sorts of different styles in that game. Uh, plus, he also did Mario World, which was like one of the first uh, games to use the Super Nintendo. And the Super Nintendo is interesting because the sound card for the system was developed by Sony, mm -hmm. which was one of their first collaborations. Uh, before they're falling out. In the PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, his Mario World soundtrack is fascinating because if you actually listen to the music from Mario World, it's all basically one melody mm -hmm. just composed differently into like different songs. So like the Mario World soundtrack is both very limited but also very expansive. Yep. Like, everything is based off the same melody, but it uses, like, a different tone and structure, which is very interesting, especially because the Super Nintendo sound card was so advanced for the time. Because mm -hmm. it didn't use the same, like, kind of, like, sound manipulation style that the older sound cards used. Instead, it used, like, a sampling, like, system. Yep. So you got, like, these really realistic, like, drum and, like, piano and orchestral sounds. The bass was a little limited, but... Mm. It had, like, a very distinct sound for the time. That's why Super Nintendo music is so distinct. Yeah. I guess you could say. No, yeah. Um, so what's, like, a soundtrack a series of, like, a music that you, like, uh, think of with gaming? Well, I guess mine's kind of weird, but, like, what one of the music that I've always loved was um, the music in the background of Animal Crossing games. Mm. It's just, like, it's so peaceful, like, the background music is just so calming and peaceful, and it so fits the games, but then there's, like, also another special element of, like, the Animal Crossing series, where you have the iconic character, K.K. Slider, and, um, throughout the series, K.K. Slider has had, like, he plays his guitar, and he sings, and, um, 
he sings like a bunch of songs and from then you can actually like buy radios for your house and you can basically every time he performs you can collect a song from him so over the mm. time you can like collect all the songs and all of them are really wonderful like they put so much like charm there's so much charm and there's so much character in it mm. and you can really tell that like they just had a lot of fun with the character um, oh yeah and one of the uh the original composers for uh Animal Crossing was um, Kazumi uh, Tataka, mm -hmm. and he is most famous for his um, Tataka song, uh, which is like uh, it's that little melody that's like in pretty much every game he's uh, ever composed. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's hidden in Animal Crossing because I'd have to look it up again because I don't remember the melody off the top of my head. But he's done. He's worked with Nintendo for a very long time. Like, I believe he also did, like, Luigi's Mansion. Mm -hmm. uh, he did Mario Land 2. Mm -hmm. Just a whole bunch of different uh, Nintendo uh, franchises. Because I believe he actually... He might work for Nintendo? I'm not sure. It's hmm. hard to say. But, yeah, I'd say the Animal Crossing... It's definitely ones that I loved, um, and I especially new, especially uh, New Horizons. Oh yeah, New Horizon has beautiful. I mean, New Leaf and Wild World. I mean, all of them I think have wonderful music, um, and they've only improved as the game and the consoles have gotten better. Um, mm. I do love the music in the background of a uh, um, New Horizons. It is well, I love the the, the intro theme, just the. Uh, do 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 do, mm. <laughs> or whatever it is. Cause I mean, I've started. You start that game up so many times, and you just get so used to that yeah. like uh, melody. They definitely. Or like what am. I... Oh. oh. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say they definitely try. They definitely. Uh, all the music in Animal Crossing, it really fits like the vibe of the game. Where oh yeah, it's, it's just very relaxing, like, like a nice relaxing mm. time. Um, but then also there's those moments like when you get stung by a bee and you're running from them yeah. and then the, the music picks all up and it gets all anxious and, you know, it, I feel like or they really I... use music like mm. to really kind of project the emotions of the care. I mean, <laughs> not really emotions, but like project how you're kind of feeling during oh, the yeah. game. Or another, uh, another great one is the, uh. Whenever you have to do like a like one of those like find the item on the island and this time limit and they get that really upbeat kind of music. Yeah. Or um, that's really fun. One of my favorites too was like Mr. Rossetti's music uh, before they kind of mm -hmm. like took him out of the game, but it was always like this like like da 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 like this like da 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 <laughs> and you were just like every time you heard that music you were like oh no I forgot to save so that like. It's like in your head, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's so good. I love Animal Crossing. So now another another series I wanted to bring up because it kind of ties into uh, why I wanted to do this uh, episode and begin with is the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. Oh yeah. Because Sonic. So, say what you will about Sonic games, because mm -hmm. they're not for everybody, but. The one thing that the Sonic series has, like, always had going for it is its music. Oh, yeah. Like, every Sonic... Well, almost every. We'll get into that. Almost every Sonic game imaginable has, like, phenomenal music, and it's usually, like, the high point of every game. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, like, Sonic 06 
game? <laughs> yeah. Horrible. But that soundtrack is awesome. Like Sonic 06's soundtrack is too good for like that game. Like. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you're better off just buying the soundtrack because that's and not all that's playing the game. <sighs> but going back, like even to like the first. So the Sonic series has literally always been like the how, when it comes to like certain things, especially like music, the series has always been like how extra can you be? Because mm-hmm. the first two Sonic games were actually composed by Masato Nakamura, mm-hmm. who is actually a. Uh, he was the bass guitarist, or still is, for a Japanese J-pop, electro-pop band called uh, Dreams Come True. Yep. And he composed the first two Sonic games uh, soundtracks um, f- fully, which is actually one of the reasons why Sega can, has to pay royalties to use like the Green Hill Zone or the original Sonic like uh, theme, because oh, wow. those are actually owned by him uh, directly, and the Sega has to pay him royalties to use the like those songs. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting, but he only did the uh, the first two mm-hmm. um, S- Sonic games because by Sonic Three, then they had moved on to. So originally, Sonic Three was supposed to be composed by. Uh... Th- there's a lot of debates. I believe it has been confirmed that he was involved at one point, but originally they were gonna have Michael Jackson compose the soundtrack. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Well, I mean, he was on top of the world. Around like ninety four, ninety five. Oh yeah, no, no, I know. It's just, it always just makes me laugh. Sega's ties to Michael Jackson, like they mm. just, they're just so funny to me. But um, he ended up. So the original theory, well, there's still debate whether he ever was involved. I believe it has been semi confirmed that he was at least. He was involved at one point. But there's a bunch of theories why he left the project. At first, the common like theory was he didn't like the sound, the Genesis sound card, because mm-hmm. the Genesis does have a very unique sound card, to say the least. Like it's the Genesis is very distinct because it has that very twangy, like mm. sort of like it's one of those sound cards that if you don't know what you're doing with it. It could sound real It'll, weird. Everything will, <laughs> everything will sound like wet farts and twang. I wasn't thinking uh, wet farts, but I mean, you, uh, you got to if you listen to <laughs> if you listen to some really bad Genesis music, it legit just sounds like wet farts. Ew. It's not. It's not just, good. I just hate um, that phrasing. Yeah, well, you'd understand if you if I I can send you some sound compilations later. But, I don't. I just I hate um, I hate those words together. <laughs> But when you knew how to actually compose with the Genesis sound card, it could do some really it, it awesome music. It doesn't sound like wet farts, I guess. <laughs> well, no, because the gen- the one thing the Genesis had over the Super Nintendo, and I will f- defend this till like the end of time, is the Super Nintendo might have had better like orchestral and like soundscapes, but the Genesis had superior percussion mm. and bass, yeah. particularly bass, because like Genesis bass has like a thump to it and it's very distinct and it's kind of one of the keys to like a great genesis soundtrack which the sonic series in particular was like a master a master behind mm. but anyways getting back to the whole michael jackson thing yeah. so the original theory was he didn't like the genesis sound card but at the same time he did moonwalker on the genesis which is literally all his music mm-hmm. i believe the common reasoning behind the Michael Jackson like not leaving the project was the scandals at the time. 
Ah. And yes. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he left the project, and one of the reasons why it's pretty much kind of confirmed that he was definitely involved at one point was there was later a re-release of Sonic 3 for the PC called the Sonic 3 Collection, which combined Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles mm -hmm. into one package. Yep. And there was a number of distinct tracks that had a Michael Jackson influence in them that were replaced with other music. And there's also the Sonic 3 ending theme. Mm -hmm. Not not Sonic 3 and Knuckles, just if you're playing Sonic 3 alone. Yep. The ending three the ending theme is literally Strangers in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's note for note, literally Strangers in Moscow. That's it's it's so hilarious. Funny. Uh, and Carnival Night is pretty much Michael Jackson's jam. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely like some connections there. But after Jackson left the project, then they actually left the... They stopped getting outside composers, and they actually moved on to uh, more um, internal... Using their internal teams, and they actually used... Uh, for Sonic 3 in particular, they used the um, their in-house uh, composers, which were... Um, it was like a group of people from like America oh, and okay. Japan. Cool. And they did the um, some of the best music in uh, in the Genesis era. Like Howard Drossen was a big one. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, uh, Ju June Sunoi made his first uh, Sonic appearance. He he'll be a, a significant figure later on. Yes, yes, he is. In Sonic music. Mm -hmm. But um, so what makes this interesting though is so at this time too, like. Music was still very much, like, programmed. Like, it was using sound cards and stuff. Yeah. Then we get CD technology. Mm-hmm. And the reason I would bring this up is because a, a, uh, there was a Sonic game called Sonic CD. Yep. Which was released for, the obviously, the Sega CD. And it used CD-quality audio mm -hmm. for the first time in a video, in, like, a Sonic game. And yeah. it was honestly one of the first, prob probably, like distinct like vocals like in a mu in like a video game music track that i heard because sonic boom in the beginning of sonic cd mm -hmm. has like actual singers yeah and what what's interesting about sonic cd is it actually has two different soundtracks oh japan and europe had their own soundtrack and then america had its own soundtrack oh that's weird yeah there's odd reasoning behind it i guess they didn't think the Japanese and European soundtrack would appeal in America? I I guess that actually sounds par for the course with just, uh, how... It's a very, it's a very strongly debated topic. Mm. And so I'm on the fence because I really enjoy both soundtracks. Because mm -hmm. the American soundtrack, the, the Japanese soundtrack was done by Sega's, like, internal sound department. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good good soundtrack it's all it sounds like dance club music for the most part but yeah like literally the boss theme has like like samples of it's like this like rap rapper and it's like the boss theme is literally like this rapper in the background going work that sucker to death come on y'all oh <laughs> like this is the boss music yeah and it's it, it's really fitting though it's it's surprisingly yeah, entertaining um but the american Ver soundtrack was instead composed by uh, this guy named Spencer Nielsen mm -hmm. who had done a ton of like he had done a bunch of Sega CD soundtracks yep 
And his soundtrack is a lot more atmospheric. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's very debatable which is better. What I do appreciate, though, is um, the 2011 Sonic CD, like, uh, gr- from the ground up remaster that they mm-hmm. released for the mobile phones and the PlayStation 3 and 360. Yep. That actually gave the option to choose which soundtrack you wanted to use. Oh, that's cool. Which was really nice because it, it basically it made it so you could pick pick and choose. Yeah. I wish they had an even better one where you could pick which individual songs, but because there are certain songs in the in the uh, American version I prefer over the Japanese version and vice versa. Mm. But yeah, so like Sonic was always kind of like the go-to like when it came to like music, like where I'd always like mm-hmm. kind of like overlook like. Where you kind of look beyond the actual game and just, like, at the music itself. Yep. Because Sonic also introduced us to Crush 40. Yeah. Starting with the <laughs> starting with the 3D, 3D era, which was a rock band that can, that featured longtime Sonic composer who would basically be the main series sound director for the start of the 3D era, Jun Sonoy, on mm-hmm. guitar, and then American singer uh, Johnny Gioelli on uh, vocals yep. from the band uh, Hardline. Yep. And Crush 40 would basically just be this, uh, they'd be this recurring band that would do, like, all the intro themes for, like, Sonic games for, like, years. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, just rocking and, like, so- Sonic music is so fascinating. Yeah. But not granted now, not every Sonic game is a winner in terms of music. Oh, no, no, no. There's definitely some hits like, and there's some misses. Uh, like, the, uh, what comes to mind is the Sonic Boom games. Ironic, the... <laughs> They're not great games either. Yeah, those those soundtracks aren't good. (laughs) What's bizarre, though, is they were composed by Richard Jocks, who is a very prominent video game composer. I wonder if it was kind of like the same problems with the game, where it was rushed. Either that, they didn't give... He didn't have any direction to go by. Because he's done... He did music for... There's a later... There's another Sonic game called Sonic and the Black Knight, which is, like, one of the most amazing... Another average game with a way better soundtrack than it deserves because mm. that that game was uh Jun- that was like the because after sonic uh shadow the hedgehog yep. uh june Sonoy kind of like took step they kind of had june Sonoy do other things for a while and they had other composers direct the games mm-hmm. but um sonic and the black knight was the first one where june Sonoy really kind of like came back mm-hmm. and did a game and for yeah. his soundtrack he like brought in all sorts of like other composers to work with like he brought Howard Drossen back mm-hmm. um, he brought Tommy uh, Tallarico another prominent composer and Richard Jocks did a bunch of tracks and it's like it's a, one of the best Sonic soundtracks there is yeah. there's also five Crush 40 songs <laughs> yep um, but yeah like Richard, it's weird because Richard Jocks also did um, he did the Saturn version of um, 3D Blast mm-hmm which isn't for everybody, but it's still a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did the the infamous Sonic R soundtrack. Oh boy, is that the you know, Super Sonic Racing? Super Sonic Racing. Yep. And uh, the greatest, can you feel the sunshine? You know the greatest racing game soundtrack ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like Europop too, which is amazing. But um. Yeah. It's funny, too, because Richard Jocks also did probably the most infamous Sonic soundtrack of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sonic Chronicles soundtrack. Oh. Which is, like, 
a dub. So it's two things. One, the soundtrack sucks, but it's also an RPG. You know, a genre that like is dependent on great music sometimes. Yeah. Like oh my god, the Sonic Chronicles soundtrack is horrendous. That's uh, it was funny. I was actually um, I was looking up Sonic top ten sound like out on Reddit and uh. There's people who say Sonic's Chronic. It's like eight people like Sonic Chronicles was trash. Sonic Chronicles was trash. Sonic Chronicles. It comes up like fifty times. So I'm assuming oh, yeah, not... it was very bad. No, it was. Well, it, it's just so lame, Aww. especially for an RPG. But um, yeah. When it comes to Sonic soundtracks, b- before we take a break and we move on to other things, um, mm-hmm. when I think best Sonic soundtracks, like. The, uh, I always have to split the 2D era and, like, the 3D era, because the 3D soundtracks are so good. Yeah. Um, and I, lo- I love Jin Sonoy, but I do actually prefer... Like, my favorite Jin Sonoy soundtrack is definitely Sonic and the uh, Black Knight. Because mm-hmm. the uh, later soundtracks were done by uh, Tomio Otani. Uh, yes. His first soundtrack was Sonic 06, and <laughs> as we know, Sonic 06 is, like, one of the greatest soundtrack Sonic soundtracks of all time. Uh. For one of the worst Sonic games ever. <laughs> but he also went on to do, like, Sonic Unleashed, which is another phenomenal soundtrack. Yep. Uh, I know he was definitely involved with Sonic Colors. I'm not sure if he was the director for that one, but he was involved with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done Forces. I believe he was involved with uh, Lost World. Yep. Just some amazing music. Yep. And it's, honestly, a lot of those are better than the games themselves, in a sense. Yeah. But... Anyways, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to move on to other soundtracks. So we'll see you in a second. Woo! Break time. Yeah! And we're back. We're back. Woo. So... Who? Shmoo. Coo. You okay? Coo. <laughs> I'm tired. It's suddenly hitting me. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, continuing on now, uh, do you have any other distinct soundtracks you want to talk about? Um, well, I was going to mention um, one soundtrack I, I really remember. Because um, I remember us, pl- well, you playing it on the Wii a lot. Um, like when we first got the Wii, was the Super Paper Mario soundtrack? Uh, the, the, okay, so. The Paper Mario, so I guess we should get into Mario RPGs in general, and I guess mm. we'll use this as a transition period for RPGs, because RPG soundtracks are their own, um, massive, uh, thing in themselves, because RPGs are very text heavy and, like, menu based mm. games yeah. as it is, so you need a very strong, um, soundtrack to really hold the the uh, the, the player's attention mm-hmm. and when mario went to rpgs they really like needed a uh so they needed a strong like soundtrack to really carry those games so mm-hmm. i guess we should go before we get to super paper mario we should actually go back to the original super mario rpg legend mm-hmm. of the seven stars on the super nintendo yep because that game was actually composed by one of my favorite composers of all time uh Yoko Shinomura. Oh, nice. And Yoko Shinomura, she would do... Um, she did, the, obviously, the original like Super Mario RPG, but she also did all the Mario and Luigi games. Oh, okay. 
So like Bowser's Inside Story and like Superstar Saga. Oh, nice. And she, her music is always notable for um. It's like super like bouncy like nature to it like high energy like. Like, jump around kind of like sounds. Mm-hmm. Like everything is like super like high energy, but she also has done. A whole bunch of other things that you wouldn't expect. Like she also did. Um, she actually did a Street Fighter Two. Oh, that's way funny. back. Uh, Parasite Eve. That's a fun one. Oh wow. Uh, only the first Parasite Eve, but she did Parasite Eve. She did Very Legend of Mana. Very different from Mario. <laughs> but it's clearly her if you actually listen to the uh, the music. Oh okay. Uh, she, she, her. Her most famous soundtracks, though, that she's probably most well-known for is she does the Kingdom Hearts uh, series. Oh, okay. She's done all of those from the start. But one of her... Basically, all of her soundtracks are, like, super high-energy and super bouncy. Hmm. And just, like, really fun to go down. Like, I'm looking at her list now, and it's, like, literally, like, it's, like, all the... All the Mario and Luigi's, all the Kingdom Hearts... Mm-hmm. Just all these awesome games. She also uh, contributed. She's contributed to a whole bunch of stuff too. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so obviously Mario RPGs like soundtracks are very important. Yes. But then the um, so soup the Paper Mario series on the other hand has always been the other Mario RPG, and that one's always done things very differently. Mm-hmm. And the Paper Mario soundtracks have always kind of had that weird like different style to them and i remember like super paper mario always had kind of that like mm-hmm. i don't know how i'd describe it it was very storybookish okay i guess you could say yep like how would you describe it because um you, like you have the a good game memory. like the games or the the soundtracks the particular. soundtracks uh i don't know i just like i remember um I felt like the soundtrack, like, they really, like, incorporated it into, like, the gameplay and, like, the moments in it. But in particular, like, the ones I remember is, like, um, like, especially, like, the, like, the flashback scenes with, like, Count Bleck, um, or, like, Tippy. Um, I think, like, those moments. But then there's also, like, Mr. Mr. L's theme. (laughs) Mr. L. Yeah. Mr. L. Mr. L is, like, the greatest thing Nintendo ever did, and they wish they'd bring him back. Honestly, they should. Um, I just remember... Honestly, I think, like, a lot of, like, the villain soundtracks are, like, the most uh, interesting. uh, Dementio, the main villain of that game, his his music is amazing. Um, Even going back to, like, the original uh, Paper Mario, like, that was an N64 game. and The N64 is fascinating because, like, it... Mm. The last cartridge-based console, it it, it it mostly because of the limitations of cartridges had to use like MIDI's for a lot of its soundtracks, uh, which caused them to sound very artificial compared to like PlayStation era stuff. But yep. uh, Super Paper Mario in particular is like one of my favorites on the system, especially Bowser's theme. Like but mm. the great, my favorite Bowser theme of all time is the one from uh, Super Paper Mario by far. Yep. I mean, not Super Paper Mario, uh, the original Paper Mario. Hmm. Like, it just sounds intimidating. Yeah. No, I I really enjoy... I, I just remember really enjoying the music. Um, hmm. It always, like, felt fitting. Like, there wasn't anyone that, like, was, like... You know how some, like, it's ear-grating after, like, the third time it, like, replays? But I don't think the Paper Mario track See, ever got... 
annoying that, or anything. That's the key to like a great RPG soundtrack because RPG soundtracks are very important. Oh, as yeah. I've stated before, and I well, guess transfer- Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, Pokemon games. I I'd have to look up who the composers are because I'm sure there's different ones, but like. The, the original Pokemon game, that music is very iconic, like, from, oh, yeah. like, the upbeat, like, Pallet Town theme going to, like, the, uh, the, the, the forest. Do you remember the, what was the name of the forest in the first game? I have no idea. I can't remember. I remember the sound, the theme, you know, like, did it it Yeah. Like, all that stuff, uh, the Lavender Town and its creepy music, mm. like, all sorts oh, of fun yeah. stuff, the high-energy battle themes. I feel like they um, definitely, um, worked hard to, like, have the music fit the environments you were in. Because mm. I feel like Pokemon games always kind of have that spooky area with ghosts, and they always put really fitting music for it. Mm. Or, like, I remember, uh, well, I was playing, um, uh, the Diamond and Pearl remake recently, uh, the, and there's so- the... Well, there's the I, snow dim- area, and I just mm. feel like the music in that area just it fits it so well, you know. The Diamond and Pearl sound like the re- Diamond and Pearl remake soundtracks. I have to admit, playing them are really beautiful. Mm. Like, I forgot just how good Gen 4 soundtrack was. Yeah, and honestly, like especially like when you. Oh, what were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say like it honestly makes me want to like just go back and listen to all the music from all the games that I played because like. It really was some great music. Hmm. Like, I would love to go back to Black and White. I really need to replay oh, black that and soon. White's, black and White's music is so good. Mm. I need to go back and listen, because... Gen 2, like, Gen 2 with um, Red's theme on top of the mountain. Like, probably the best, like, final encounter music in Pokemon history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, definitely. <laughs> uh, but talking, speaking about RPGs now, I guess we should talk about probably, like, one of I got the, the greatest... That's okay. But, um, <laughs> you have those every episode. Yeah, but those were, but, like, um, in a row, you know? True. But I guess anyways... I think so, I know which one you're going to talk about. <laughs> well, maybe not. So, RPGs, oh. t- talk about Shit. probably one of the... <laughs> probably one of the most influential and, like, most important composers in video game history. Uh, Nobuo Uematsu, Final Fantasy. Ah, that that was my second choice of what you were gonna okay. talk about. I, I think I know what you were gonna, but um, <laughs> yeah, Persona. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him later, but um, <laughs> so yeah, Fa- Nobuo Matsu is probably like the greatest like composer in video game history, because his soundtracks are like on another level, and he did the entire soundtrack for every Final Fantasy from one through nine, like completely by himself, like wow. every single track. And, like, there's just so many iconic, like, battle themes, like, town themes, like, boss music. Yeah. Everything. Like, the Chocobo theme, the Final Fantasy Overture, the... (sighs) And I kind of feel like, like Mario, like the original Mario, you hear Final Fantasy music used in, like, backgrounds of videos and stuff. Like, it's just that iconic. Like, trying to think, like, going through them all, like, Final Fantasy IV... The first one on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd say 5 and 6 are probably better composed overall. Mm-hmm. But there's something about 4's soundtrack that is just so grand. It's so charming. And, like, it, it just, like, punches you in the face as you play it. Because it's that, like, good. Like, that music, it's... I don't know how he got that sound out of the Super Nintendo. 
Oh, this is so cool. I, I was uh, searching this. I, I was just like Googling like the soundtrack. And uh, uh, the composer is actually on Spotify. So you can listen oh, yeah. to all the music on that. I didn't realize all, that. All That's the Final so Fantasy cool. soundtracks are on Spotify. It's amazing. That's so cool. But, um, yeah, like, all the songs are amazing. Um, like, even, like, going to, like, 7, like, Final Fantasy 7 has an odd soundtrack because it uses midis for the most part. Mm -hmm. But the compositions are amazing. Like, Aerith's theme, uh, yep. the Final Fantasy 7 overture. One of my favorites in that game is the Chocobo theme because it's, like, it's, like, this, like, kind of, like, surf rock kind of, like, ver in incarnation of it. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the uh, the Costa de Sol, which is like this perfect like beach music. Yep. And there's just so many like bangers in there. And then Final Fantasy VIII is like one of the probably the best Final Fantasy soundtrack ever composed for one of the most polarizing Final Fantasies, ironically. Mm -hmm. But like that game is just loaded with amazing music. Like it's so it's hard to describe without like signaling out specific tracks but in reality it's like you really need to just like listen to the music to understand it a lot of yeah. the times and like going from like Final Fantasy now to like further on RPGs obviously my favorite game of all time is Persona 4 Golden yes <laughs> and the Persona series we know we know yeah the Persona series has some amazing music as well mm -hmm. uh, all composed by uh, mostly by uh, Shoji Magoro, I believe is his name Yep. And it's like J-pop mixed with like Japanese hard rock mixed with like just like techno electronica. And it's like it wouldn't sound fitting at first, but playing Persona games like I believe he's at least been the main composer from 3 onward. <laughs> but I believe he was probably involved before that. But yep. like you listen to like three's soundtrack and three three had a very like kind of like moody moody let yet upbeat soundtrack at the same time that really fit the atmosphere of persona three yep and then persona persona four had its very high energy upbeat like atmosphere mm. and the soundtrack like reflects that because all the songs are super like like the 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 battle theme in golden uh time to make history like the damn yep like that's that fits the vibe of Persona Four, the boss theme, uh, uh, the 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 the, sh the, f the f how fight yourself theme or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Even like the dungeon themes, like I, to this day, like I'll always have like uh, the the heaven dungeon. Yep. Like Nanako's dungeon, that oh, theme is like yep. that theme is like so fitting for that dungeon and like. The music, too, is, like, so standalone. Like, you can just listen to it on its own, and you wouldn't even think it's a video game track half the time. Oh, yeah. If you know what I mean. Yep. I know what you mean. And then 5 took it to another level, because then 5, like, because 5 has the whole, like, heist kind of theme to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, all of 5's music sounds like heist music at times, too, mixed with that Persona, like, style. And it yeah. all just kind of, like, rocks out as you play. And, like... Yeah. There's so many different styles and, like, sounds in there. Like, it, there's such diverse soundtracks. Like, I've actually, like, tracked down... I have physical CDs for, like, all of them, because they're that good. Mm. Um, 
So is there another series you want to talk about? Um, well, so... I guess another one... I actually... I haven't played these games, but I have, like, listened to the soundtracks before. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, the game Cuphead. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's been some great music in there, too, as well. Yeah, because I know it was, like, they kind of based it off, like, the 1930s, like, animation, so... And they kind of kept the music to, like, like all jazz and, like, a big band, Mm. and it just, like, it's so fitting with the games, like, from, like, the little gameplay I've seen, like... I really liked that. Um, I really liked the music from there. And then I was had another one on my brain too. Um, oh, I, when I was playing Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild had really oh, pretty music. Oh, Breath of the music. Wild has a great soundtrack. It has really good music, but also like Stardew Valley has like Stardew very Valley. Nice farming. So and farming simulation games have amazing music. I don't know it's just why. It's so calming. Well, because, well, it's because, like, you're putting yourself into this atmosphere of, like, okay, I'm on a farm, I'm calm. It's not, like, a very, like, upbeat type of game, so you kind of need, like, that melodic music to just, mm. like, keep you calm and keep you playing, but, like, keep you listening, but not, like, annoying. So, I, mm. yeah, those are definitely some. Um, well, especially, I think, like, Cuphead stands for itself, because I've never even played the game, but I've heard the music before. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, those are just a couple from extra from me, but you have any other you want to so, talk about? Another series that has... So, another genre of games that, like, has... Music is ex- extremely important to the overall product is the visual novel. Oh yeah. Because obviously you're going to be you're, you're reading text for most of it. And one series that has phenomenal music like overall is the Ace Attorney series. Mm. Uh, particularly the original trilogy of Ace Attorney games. Yep. Those games, those soundtracks, like, I don't know what it is about them, but they fit so well for that like the whole like court system thing. Like especially the first Ace Attorney game. Like mm-hmm. Like the like the objection theme, like that, like awesome, like badass, yeah. like the like do 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 like it just it it makes you feel great about your decisions as you play. But even like the shocking moments, like the the sad tense moments, have fitting music, and that was GBA music too. And the GBA always had a very hit or miss sound card in general. Mm. Because, like, GBA music was either really good or it was kind of meh. Meh. Yeah. But the Ace Attorney was, like... It, that that music slaps, like... Mm. Like, I always think of, like, uh, the prosecutor from the third game, Godo, and he has that very, like, jazzy kind of, like, theme song mm. that plays. Yep. Uh, the Steel Samurai theme, that that's also Phoenix's <laughs> ringtone, because Maya keeps changing it to that. Yep. Oh, actually, Maya's theme in general, the Turnabout Sisters, is great, too. Like, all the themes oh, yeah. are so distinct and, like, punchy. And, like, it's it's just... It's very important for a visual novel, because if you're going to be oh, yeah. staring at the same screen for longer than you need music that isn't great, like, jarring. Mm. Which another... Not visual novel so much, but, like, puzzle series is... Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of is parallel to Ace Attorney, in a way, is uh, Professor Layton. Oh, Yeah. And the Layton games have phenomenal soundtracks too that fit that like kind of like old school detective vibe that the uh, the Layton games have. Yeah. Especially like I... the uh, the first one, like it, 
I know those games aren't for everybody, but the music is so oh yeah calming. It no. fits the uh, the wacky narratives those games have. Well, I was playing when I flew to Texas um, for um, work one time, uh, for one of my old jobs. Um, I played Professor Layton on the way there, mm. and I get so like I used to when I first went on a plane, I was fine. But as I've, like, I don't know, every time since I've gone on a plane, ever since I went to Japan, I get so anxious when I go on a plane now. Like, I just, I get so stressed. But when I listened to the music, it was so calming and relaxing. Like, mm. it really did de-stress me. Like, and I get so stressed um, on planes now. Um, but I also, I wanted to say, uh, when you talked about visual novels, uh, what came to my head was actually an indie game. Um, an individual novel, which was, uh, To the Moon. Oh, yeah. Yep, I've heard of that one. Um, and I just remember, um, uh, playing it, and the music just, like, they composed... Because To the Moon is, like, it's a... It's just a very... I recommend it to anyone to play. It's a very emotional mm -hmm. game. It makes it's you emotional. No, yeah. It makes you emotional, and the music is just so fitting for um for the happy moments for the sad moments for it it's just it's a very great soundtrack uh it's on oh, yeah. i was looking it up it's on spotify and like apple music you can basically listen to it everywhere but definitely recommend that that's a very good soundtrack uh it came to my mind oh, when you said visual novel. speaking of another visual novel which has a very limited soundtrack as it is but mm -hmm. for what it does is effective. I've been playing a lot of mods of it, but also the game itself. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh yeah. The theme song, the music in Doki Doki is very. It never gets old. Like it's very like upbeat and happy, even for like as fucked up a game as Doki Doki Literature Club really is. Oh yeah. Well, uh, and like what they haven't played it. And like but... what they kind of do with they manipulate the music and like those scarier moments, you know. Yeah. It's it's very that also I agree has a very good soundtrack um for something where you're reading a lot of text. But it also does well to kind of like ease you in. Well, not ease you, but like it puts you into that like spooky environment during those spooky scenes. Oh yeah. And even like uh composition-wise, like even like the uh, the modding community, a lot of the mods have their own so unique distinct soundtracks like too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's one called Doki Doki Literature Club Blue Skies. It yep. has its own, like... It, essentially, Blue Skies, for anyone who doesn't break off, just explain a little bit. Uh, Blue Skies is essentially, it's Doki Doki Literature Club, but if you got rid of the, the horror elements, but you kept, like, kind of the more dramatic, like, realistic themes, like the depression and, like, stuff. Mm -hmm. But makes it, like, a normal visual novel. Um, that yep. has its own custom soundtrack, like that you can find. You can, it's actually on Spotify if you want to listen to it. But um, hmm. uh, it, it's so fitting because it, it's still in line with the Doki, the actual Doki Doki soundtrack itself, but it has its own unique like twist to it that that just fits like the narrative. Yeah. Um, so there's stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to think another like class. Oh, the Crash Bandicoot games. Oh yeah. Especially, I, I'd say one of my favorite Crash Bandicoot soundtracks was from Twin Sanity. Well, Just... we'll get to Twin Sanity, but we should probably talk about the first three oh, yeah. uh, games. Because uh, those were all composed by a, a composer named Josh Mansell. Um, and I believe he also composed like the first three Jack and Daxters as well. Because I believe he oh, okay. worked directly with Naughty Dog. 
Yep. But uh, his soundtracks from back then were like super crazy, like upbeat. Mm-hmm. And like they had that like kind of like the do 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 do. Like that sound? Yep. And I always remember, like, those were all phenomenal. Like, they really kind of kept the whole kind of crazy aspect of Crash. Yeah. Because even when Crash went multi-platform and they had to get other composers, like, even, like, so before we get to Twin Sanity, there was also, um... There was Wrath of Cortex. And, yeah, Wrath of Cortex is a very... hit-or-miss game overall, I'd say. Yeah. But as a game, it's as for the music, they actually used Traveler's Tales' um, two main sound guys from the time, and they made who they did like a bunch of like iconic uh, Traveler's Tales soundtracks. Mm-hmm. But um, going back, just like ta- like listening to like those, like they fit the the atmosphere of Crash so well, and that went on to Twin Sanity, which has one of the most unique soundtracks of oh, all yeah. time, which was. So it was completely acapella. Yeah. So like everything so cool. was composed using like sound like vocal sounds. Yeah. It, like I think it was actually like an actual acapella group called like Spiral Mouth. Yeah, that's I remember that. Yeah, they were an acapella group. So I I just thought that was like it mm. was just so fun and so different for a video game that it like it always it, sticks it, with me, you know. I mean, it fits the mood of Crash. I get that's not for everybody. Oh yeah. But like I always think of like the main like the da 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 like that stuff. Yep. Um I always it's goofy, but we also got that famous the crash the the storm the stormtrooper gif. Yep. Oh, that's so funny because we knew that music before we played the game because we knew it from that gif. That's a so game I funny. really gotta play again. I have the Xbox version now, so I've been meaning to actually play that because mm. it's just better from what I've heard. I thought of another sound, good soundtrack too. Okay. Uh, the Bayonetta series. Hmm. Hmm. Who composed those? I know. I know that composer. Uh, let's see. Let me look that up real quick. But I remember, like, uh, the Bayonetta um, games. Like, they all have like. Um, don't they all have, like, songs? Like, I know one is, like, Fly Me to the Moon is one. Um, so it's a, a lot song. of different composers, but I know what you're saying about the soundtracks. Yeah. But I just, like, I've listened to the soundtracks before, like, because sometimes, like, I'll go on Spotify and I'll, or, like, I'll go on, like, SoundCloud or whatever, mm. or even YouTube, and I'll just, like, I'll just, like, look up, like, um, like, video game music, like, and just, like, a shuff- and shuffle it and see what happens. Oh, and yeah. I've gotten some Bayonetta soundtracks and, like, I just remember them being really good. I've never That's played bit... the games, but like they're really good. They're, they're worth playing. You might like them. They're on Switch. No, I should. I should honestly get it. I feel like I would like it. Um, but um, another actually great soundtrack too. I was just thinking about it. We were talking about Crash. We got to talk about Spyro. Oh yeah. And what's amazing about Spyro soundtracks is they were composed by Stuart Copeland, the drummer from The Police. Oh, that's so cool. And. Uh, he did the soundtracks for the first four games, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also, uh, what, what's funny is he was also the composer for the Amanda Show. Oh, that's so fucking funny. Well, the Amanda Show theme, anyways. Yeah. And that that theme song, minus the vocals, is actually a level theme in Spiral One. That's hilarious. 
Like, it, there's an entire level that's nothing but that, that mm. song. It, it's really funny when you play the game, you're like, wait a minute. Oh, I, I also, I thought of another series. I feel like okay. people would get mad if we didn't bring up this series. Uh, but the, I've never played these games, I don't know if you have, but the Kingdom Hearts series. I remember... Well, yeah, we brought those up earlier, Yoko Shinomar. Oh, I thought we didn't go into them, though. Um, well, we didn't really go into them, but... Well, I just remember, like, there were, like, there was, like, a certain song that was used with, like, every anime AMV when I was... Oh, the, <laughs> if you wanna, or whatever yeah, the freaking, that the one. vocal theme. Uh, I gotta Google it now. I need to know. I need to know. Because I just remember that. Like, it popped into my head in the... Hearts. Oh, no, the Kingdom Hearts music is great. Cause oh, yeah. It's Yoko, Yoko Shinomaru. Like, she, everything she does is amazing. Like, she even did a Final Fantasy later on. She did Final Fantasy fifteen actually. If. I gotta Google that if. You, if you walk away. Is that it? Oh, I think that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, simple that. and clean. That's it. Simple and clean. That's it. There's a whole bunch of songs. I but, just um, remember that. I just, I have so vivid memories just because of, like, listening like watching amvs when i was younger like, like <laughs> in well, middle kingdom school. hearts is kingdom hearts is weird because it's a series that i don't hate mm-hmm. but i don't have the obsession other people that a lot do. of like kingdom Heart- kingdom hearts fans are a little odd some excuse me uh, a little odd sometimes no well because they have some of the disney adults in it i'm just gonna say it they got some disney adults in there and those people are just fair weird. well it's, it's also <laughs> then there's also final, just weird <laughs> there's also final fantasy like nuts and stuff too the kingdom Hearts series combines a lot of those elements oh yeah and i'm a final fantasy guy but i'm not quite i'm not the biggest disney fan out there like i enjoy some disney stuff but i'm not like an obsessive like some people are yeah me either but uh, Kingdom Hearts, especially like story-wise, is kind of a mess, especially after the first game. Oh yeah. But um, I love the games from a gameplay perspective. They're fun games, like yeah. great action RPGs. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm thinking of another. I'm trying. I want to get more obscure now. So even like the most obscure games ever sometimes have like bangers of soundtracks. Oh yeah. And a distinct series of games that stick out. So this is pretty much the most random thing ever, but the handheld Sims games. Yeah, they did have Sim, really good music. Sims busting out, Herb Sims in the City, and Sims Two for the GBA and DS. All had like uh, funky music, like funky. They were composed by this guy. <laughs> I think his name is Ian Stalker. Yep. Or Stockett or something like that, but he he did a ton of like obscure like Game Boy Advance and DS games like he did if it was a licensed game a lot of time he'd just do the soundtrack for work but he did those Sims games and those soundtracks for what they are are surprisingly complex and like compelling Mm -hmm. and granted I mean we've admitted it before in the podcast we have an odd obsession with those games yes (laughs) because they are really good games and I don't care what anybody says yeah but, like, the first one has a very, like, Sims 1-ish theme. Because the Sims 1 itself has a really fun soundtrack. Like, that really, like, upbeat, like, simulate... Like, simulation games in general always seem to have these crazy soundtrack, Like, calming soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And Sims Bustin' Out for GBA kind of was based off of the Sims 1 soundtrack. Yep. Now, Herb Sims in the City, on the other hand, had a, um... The, the, 
Game Boy Advance and DS version, anyways, had a very urban styled like theme. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because it's based around the city. But then there's also like the boy, the the Bayou level. Yep. Which is just straight up like just like banjos. Banjos. And shit. <laughs> uh, which is funny because then talking about the Sims, you remember the uh, PS2 version of Herbs where it was literally just like simlish like <laughs> black, black eyed peas, <laughs> and well, it worked somehow. Uh, it did. Well, it's funny though because like that's not like the only time that they've done that. Like in um, I believe it was like Sims Three, no Sims Two. They actually, it was with one of the um, expansion packs, but they added in a lot of music, and it was like yeah. Katy Perry and like Paramore Lily, was in there. Lily Allen, Paramore, and they did Simlish covers, and I'm just like, I know, it's so goofy. It's so goofy, and I also, since we're bringing up The Sims, I also need to bring up the fact that like in Sims, The Sims 3 music soundtracks, they, they sold it, like they sold it to be like a, like, a licensed music that like anyone can use and it's in like almost like almost every reality tv show uses yep. it as background music now and i just needed to bring it up because at first i thought i was crazy and then i pointed it out to bill and bill's like oh my god it is and then we mm-hmm. noticed it kept appearing so like they sold the soundtrack <laughs> cause, oh yeah and it's just it makes me laugh every time i play the sims 3 I haven't played it in years, but it just, it always made me laugh, because I was like, <laughs> But, um, so another fun soundtrack, too, is, um, so going back to, like, Super Nintendo now, we have, um, the Donkey Kong Country series. Oh, yeah. Which were all composed by, uh, they were composed by, it was a combination of David Wise and, um, who was the other composer? Because Rare- Rareware had uh, their own, Koji like, Kondo. No, no, he didn't. Oh, he snubbed... Never mind. He snubbed Koji Kondo. That's what it says. <laughs> well, no, see, Koji Kondo did the original Donkey Kong, like, theme. Mm-hmm. But uh, David Wise did the actual Donkey Kong Country soundtrack, which was... Don- Donkey Kong Country is, like, amazing mm-hmm. uh, in terms of music and gameplay. I know they're not for everybody, but I, I love them in particular. Mm-hmm. But yeah, David Wise did... He was the composer for the first two. Uh, the third game was primarily composed by Evelyn Fisher, um, with David Wise assisting for the Super Nintendo version. The GBA version had a different soundtrack composed entirely by David Wise. Mm-hmm. Um, those soundtracks are phenomenal because Rareware was just on top of the world. Like, cause Rareware also had like Grant Grant Coper, uh, Coper, I think. Mm-hmm. How do you, he he did Banjo Kazooie. Oh okay. Um, but all their music was like super like. The Super Nintendo soundtracks were like. If you knew what you were doing with them, like they just had that like distinct. Sound. Mm-hmm. Grant Grant Kirk Kirk Hope. That's what his name is. He did Banjo Kazooie, among oh, other things. Okay. Interesting. And then who was the other rare... Oh, yeah, Robin... Robin, uh... Benland, I think his name is. He did, like, um... Uh, the Conquer and stuff. Oh, okay. Nice. Because Rare, rare had some great composers at the time. And mm. All those sound soundtracks are just, like... You just... You can, like, sit back and just listen to them. Like, Aquatic Ambience from Donkey Kong Country 1 <laughs> is still, like, probably one of my favorite water-level themes ever. And I'm not a huge fan of water levels in general. Mm-hmm. Because they're just like kind of like 
that nautical theme never I, I don't know what it is it just it never really sits with me there right mm -hmm. but some games just like get it down like yeah. um aquatic ambience from uh donkey kong country is one of them and then going back to sonic on the genesis uh sonic 3 or yeah sonic 3 had um hydro city zone with like one of the most funky like uh funky water th water level themes ever <laughs> and it's it's like it's so hit or miss like whether they'll be good or not hmm. and i'm trying to think now like what's another phenomenal like soundtrack that needs more attention well there's plenty out there but we would be going all night <laughs> we would i mean even like modern game like modern games now have like full-on productions like the oh, uncharted yeah. games with like their full orchestra soundtracks hmm. um I mean, hell, the Elder Scrolls series, I don't play them particularly, but uh, they're all composed by uh, Jeremy Soule, who's, like, a phenomenal composer in his own right. Hmm. Uh, just those epic-sounding, like, themes, like, to the point where, like, they, they, uh, arguably, a lot of video game soundtracks nowadays could arguably be, be, like, movie soundtracks. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like that's just, like, the level of production um, mm. they just put into it now. But I feel like also, like, they don't really have a choice like they kind of have to be that up like that level of production or else people will be like why play this game like well it, it kind of all started with the um the like the seventh gen era like the ps3 360 and wii because mm -hmm. even like mario like mario galaxy soundtracks are amazing mm. no yeah like, the, i've the seen that pop up multiple times oh yeah the full orchestras and just like i mean hell even going back to like mario sunshine Mario Sunshine, and it's, like, a tropical-themed mm. soundtrack. Well, and uh, Mario, um, the most recent, uh, what was it? Oh, Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. Odyssey soundtrack's amazing, Odyssey's too. Odyssey's beautiful. Um, like, I love the Odyssey soundtrack. I mean, hell, you brought it up recently, uh, the uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild soundtrack. It, yeah. They've just hit that point, like, point now where it's, like, they've, it's literally just it's it's on the same it, well it's always been music but now it's like on the same level as like film scores or just mm. general music in general yeah well it kind of has it kind of has to be you know or well in a in a sense yeah. definitely because like so when i whenever i guess kind of tying this all back together mm. the whole reason i i want to do this was the whole the argument of our video games art which mm. to me is the dumbest argument ever because of course video games are art yeah Video games are multiple forms of artwork composed into one one product. Like, you have graphical artwork, you have the mm. sound, the, the voice acting, the the actual packaging, like, of the oh, games yeah. has art. Like, it is a lot of... Com even, like, programming, in a sense, is an art. Like, video oh, games yeah. are, like, multiple art forms all composed into one product mm. that you can enjoy. Most definitely. So it's, like... Of course, video game music is like one of the most important aspects of this, because mm. every it's basically you're combining all these art forms together, and it, it's crazy too. Especially like when you take into account AAA games, obviously have these phenomenal soundtracks. But going back into like roundabout indie games in general, mm, one of yeah. the one thing that makes an indie game what it is is if it has an amazing soundtrack. Well, especially too, like a lot of I find like a lot of indie games are very atmospheric. So mm. you kind of need the whole environmental, like, to really put you in the environment. You need, like, the really good music. Because um, even, like, those horror RPGs, like, 
the witches. I remember like the witch's house, like the oh, chase, Eve. the Eve. in Eve, but like that chase scene at the end of the witch's house where you're sprinting from the house. That oh, it, yeah. it makes you like freaked out, like it freaks you out. It adds to the scariness of the game, and it it really just makes it special. Oh yeah, uh, even like Yume Nikki, like oh that, yeah, like, goofy music that's like Ooh. super fitting at the time, or yeah. even like um. What's another great one? Oh, like mine, Minecraft, the oh, Minecraft yeah. music. It's so atmospheric and just like it sits with you. Mm. Like all this, everything is. Video game music is like a rabbit hole of like. It's amazing how deep it goes. Mm. And you're never fully fulfilled. I guess yeah. you could say in a, in an odd roundabout way. No, I mean, there's there's just so much. It's just so good. It's so good. Yeah. Well, honestly, we could probably go on all day. Like, this was just kind of... We'll probably revisit video game music at some point. Go yeah. more in-depth. In-depth. Maybe... I'm, I'm thinking in the future, maybe, we'll go in-depth with certain composers. Like, we'll yeah. actually take some time and do some research. No, I think that would be interesting. But for now, I think we'll cut it off here. Yeah. And we got plenty of like stuff to think about and oh, music. Yeah. M- music is such an amazing thing. I mean. No, oh, yeah. It's It really is. It's really powerful. Like a great even the worst game ever can be saved by an amazing soundtrack. Sonic 06. <laughs> Sonic 06. <laughs> but um <laughs> Anyways, guys. Yeah. Once again, Thanks for joining us on the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. Uh, the Gaming and Collecting Podcast can be found on all your major podcasting platforms, particularly Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we are made on Anchor Podcasts. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, along with Good Pods. And the episodes eventually go up on YouTube. It depends how long it takes mm. me to get the files processed and all that stuff. Yeah. But I'll get them up eventually. And after <laughs> you was... listen to this podcast, you can binge a bunch of music on Spotify as well, because there's a ton on there, which I didn't realize until doing this episode. <laughs> Aha! Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, guys, once again, thanks for joining us, and we will see you all next time. See you later, alligator. Right, bye. <laughs> bye. Ah.